0: Good evening, Island Church. It's April the 30th, Thursday night, and I've come to you with your evening uh, exhortation, teaching, whatever you want to uh, describe it as. Uh, basically, what these uh, times with you are is what God is speaking into my spirit as I pray and study and as we navigate through this uh, particular drama. So I encourage you uh, to continue to watch these at night. Now I'm putting together, stringing together some things, some thoughts. Um, some insight into the Word, some insight into the day and the hour in which we're living that I think is very important uh, to you as a believer and uh, to us as a church. And as we continue in this, I believe some of the things that we uh, uh, speak out and speak into your lives will help you greatly in you being right in the middle of what God's doing in this day and this hour. Uh, First, let me exhort you uh, that if you've not yet make plans to come back to church uh there's some things the lord has dealt with me about about uh uh, how this thing has you know it's shut down a lot of our society but you know when you shut down churches uh, you're making a very very uh, a serious statement about the severity of what's going on in an area in a nation in a city whatever it may be uh because in the church is the answer governments don't have answers uh, medicine doesn't have answers, uh, God is the one that has the answers, and it's always been that way. It's never been any other way, and so I encourage you, you say, well, I'm, uh, I'm afraid. That's one of the things the adversary is using against people is fear, so uh, I'll teach on that a little bit more, and we're actually, actually, I'm teaching on that in our Wednesday night services, so I really encourage you to come back to church and begin to hear uh, the teaching that we're doing. Acts chapter 10, verse 1, it says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a of the band called the Italian man, a devout man, one that feared God with much of his, with all of his house, which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now we've always uh, taught out of Acts chapter 10 for many, many years, Uh, all over the world, uh, that this is what we call the elements or the ingredients of revival. Uh, One of the things last night on our Wednesday night service, I don't think we have it recorded in any way, the power was out, but everybody stayed and we had a wonderful time. It was a a real island church event. Uh, But uh, I explained last night in the teaching the difference between a revival and an awakening. And how we've seen many revivals over the years. Leah and I have seen them in many of the churches that we've preached in, uh, in our own church every year. Our Fall Harvest Conference is a revival. There's moves of the Spirit. We've had revival services here at the church. Uh, we've had times in which the refreshing of God would break out two, three, four services at a time. And we've experienced the revival of God. And that's actually what revival is. It is the waking up, the reviving of the church. And many times it's local, it's in the local church or in a local area. But awakening is different. Awakening is uh, something that takes place regionally. Many times it goes around the world and it affects the entire world and it affects uh, the effectiveness of the body of Christ. And I'm believing God. I am, I am praying. I'm uh, uh, increasing my prayer time, seeking the Lord, setting uh, times apart to... Uh, Seek the Lord like they did at other times before great awakening, so that we might enter into uh, this awakening that God has scheduled for the earth at this time. I believe we are literally on uh, the precipice of a great awakening on this planet. Uh, listen many uh, much of what has gone on over the years. Uh, in churches, you know, there's nothing wrong with believing God for a for a plane, an airplane. Uh, uh, nothing wrong with believing God for a building. Uh, there's nothing wrong with believing God for uh, money for missions. Any of these things. But there has to be the correct perspective that reflects the heart of a ministry of a church or a church when it comes to exactly what is the priorities of that which we're believing God for. Well, the priority of that which we are believing God for is not a building that we're going to build over there on our land. uh, Not anything to do with our priority when it comes to if you were to say to me, Pastor Rusty, what is the top of the list of all of the things we're believing God for, that which you would give most priority to, what is it? And that would be it, that we as a church, we as a people, we as believers, would not miss that which God is doing in this day and hour. Now, in Acts chapter 10, an awakening began in... um Cornelius' house, we know the end of the story, how the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the Gentile world, how they uh, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, spoke in other tongues. But before that awakening took place in Acts chapter 10, God, by the Holy Ghost and by Luke, who penned the book of Acts, gave us a, a uh, how can I say this, a portrait of a man. And I've always said this, <coughs> excuse me, I've always said this over the years This man, Cornelius, was a man that was contending for a move of God. He wasn't just sitting around waiting to see uh, what God might do, what might happen if, you know, that somehow he could just wait out the time and and God would show up and do something. He was actually active in his own life, and his own character, and it describes it in verse 2. It says he was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now he had four different character traits working in him, that devoutness, which is an intense uh, 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 activity, an intense intense participation in that which you're looking forward to. You know, people that play in professional sports, they're devout. They go to the practices, uh, they study the game. Those that rise to the top are those that know the most about the game and know how to play it. Uh, They're very devout. Now, you have people that are devout in other things. But listen, if you make a decision to be devout in the things of God, that means you're going to pour your life into it. You're going to study previous moves of God. You're going to study the Word of God. You're going to be part of a local church. You're going to be one contending for an awakening, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost unprecedented on the earth. Now, the second one, and the second one is the one I want to kind of uh, zero in on today. It says he was a devout man, and he is one that feared God With all of his house. Now, another scripture I'm going to use, and we'll bounce back and forth between them, is in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to begin in verse 25. It says, For the foolishness of God is wiser wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ, in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, now notice this, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now, many many years ago, uh, before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Azusa Street, men and women sought God on a level unprecedented to humanity. There were men and women that would pray, that would fast, that would seek God, because they knew that there was something more that God wanted for them. Now, in their salvation experience, they knew that the working of the Spirit through salvation led to sanctification. And sanctification was a major doctrine of the church back in that day. Now, let me just say this. This may help uh, some of the other, uh, help you understand what I'm trying to minister to you. Uh, uh, they, the new birth came. They recognized they were sinners. They got born again, and then they begin to sense something working in their heart that produced in their life something called sanctification, our separation from the world. This is where all of our holiness movements came from. But it was those type of men and women that walked in an extreme holiness toward God in their own prayer life, in their own uh, in their own lifestyle. And this is what empowered them to seek God for that which they were so hungry for. And that which they were so hungry for, which they really didn't, didn't even know, all they knew is we're hungry and we don't know what we're hungry for. Well, we know what they were hungry for. They were hungry for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. For the very thing that happened in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, "...and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And as God, by His Spirit on the inside of them through the new birth, did a work of sanctification," what come out of that sanctification was a great desire for the Holy Ghost. And God answered their prayer, beginning about 1906 in Mass, when many thousands of people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues in what is called the Great Azusa Street Revival. You say, Pastor, what what point are you trying to make? We have walked in and experienced the baptism in the Holy Ghost for for my entire ministry. It's it's been a kind of like a, a kind of like a gimme. You know, people get saved. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. But if we're going to be a part of this awakening, uh, because listen, our knowledge of the Spirit of God is greater than they had back, back then. Our experience of the Spirit of God is greater than it was back then. But where we have failed as a church, and I'm just saying church in general, is that we've kind of let go of the sanctification part of salvation, and it's made us take the moving of the Spirit for granted. And we're going to get that fixed around here so that sanctification can work up out, bubble up out of our salvation, and we can begin to see what God desires to do in this great awakening that's coming upon this earth. And we're going to get to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Well, we love you. We'll come again here in the next uh, tomorrow night and continue this. Don't forget, touch three people around you. Be a blessing to others. Be a light in the midst, midst of darkness. Rise up out of that which the enemy has tried to bind you with. Come on back to church and I guarantee you we're going to see God do great things. See you tomorrow night. We love you. God bless you.